Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Adina Chats. It's Adina P. Happy Thursday. You know, I'm just spitting out these episodes sporadically, but I'm happy that I'm being consistent enough and keeping it going. Happy Thursday. It's August 17th. It's about 9.30 in the evening on the East Coast. Of course, I'm in the tri-state area. And this episode is shadow work 101 part two so the previous episode i did it was part one for shadow work i had about five questions i have five more it is part two these questions are pretty deep i really like them it helps you to really self therapy <laughs> it really helps you to self therapy so i um, invite you all to ask yourself these questions or your loved ones or if you have children and they've lived long enough to answer these questions you know um, I think it's very helpful this is episode 67 of Adina Chats and I'm happy that you guys are here with me tonight Uh, so let's dive right in shadow work 101 part two what traits do you have that are similar to your parents what traits do your what traits do your parents have that you hope you don't so, and excuse me, guys, like I said, you always hear the, the beautiful sounds of the city. Uh, that is the bus outside my window. So I hope you can hear me well. Uh, again, I'll repeat the question. What traits do you have that are similar to your parents? What traits do your parents have that you hope you don't? Okay, so it's a double, um, double question for number one. So my answer is that I am reserved and I tend to be more quiet until I get to know people like my mom. Um, I have observed her through my childhood being more quiet around people. And then when she feels that they are friendly or they are kind enough, she totally opens up and just becomes a, a flower in full bloom with them, even people that haven't deserved it. So I've always watched that and... I've always definitely had my mom's back because when she makes friends, she means well, and she's a very, very kind and generous person to people, and a lot of people take advantage of that. Um, so, yeah. So I am reserved, um, and I'm, I tend to be more quiet until I get to know people. That is uh, how my mom is. I'm also not very reserved when I get to know people, too. I'm not reserved all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm generous like her. I hold things in like her, meaning like emotions, uh, things like anger. Like I feel that she will, she definitely expresses anger, but she expresses it when it's too late, I would say. So that she's very angry, like boiling angry. So I hold things in like her. And we both are sensitive. We're both sensitive beings. Uh, More traits that I have. I love books and writing and plants and herbs like my father. I hope that I'm not a doormat like my mom. So this is me answering the other question. Question of what traits do you wish that you, you don't have? I feel like I definitely used to be a doormat. I definitely turned it up a notch to not ever have that happen to me again so no doormat here 
I feel like my mom still has doormat tendencies and I, I feel, you know, not great about that. I hope that I'm not prone to ending up in only abusive relationships like my mom. I, I say due to her being a doormat and being so kind and generous all the time to people and not really seeing them for who they are. Also not completing things. I do start plenty of things. I don't complete them all, but I, I definitely do complete a lot of things also. So I would say it's 50-50. But I have learned to scale back on starting things and not completing it. I have learned to complete things. So I learned to get out of that habit. And I hope not to get back into those ways. Also, the trait that I hope I don't have from my father is all talk and no action. Just yabba, 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 blah, 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 and no action. I hope to not have that. I know that I do talk a lot of shit, but I'm definitely an action solution oriented person, even if people think I'm not. If I'm complaining about something, best believe I'm doing something about it. Even if you don't hear about it, I'm doing something about it. So <laughs> that's me. And I want to get back to the part uh, uh, with the traits that I share with my father because I didn't dive too deeply into that. So I, I love books. I've always seen him with a uh, book collection, his own little library writing. I've seen his handwriting. I've been obsessed with his handwriting since I was a child. So I was like, oh, I want to write. Writing just really came naturally to me. He likes to garden and things like that. So plants and herbs, he's always teaching us about plants and herbs whenever he would be around. And that's where I got it from. I think those things really help to heal my body, my mind. And I'm grateful for that trait. Those traits that I got from my father. Okay, so the second shadow work question is, while reflecting on your childhood, what makes you extremely angry or sad to this day I would say when my when my father was around sometimes and instead of making those moments pleasant he was always starting trouble he'll be screaming at, at us uh, my siblings and I for no reason or fighting with my grandmother or my mother when they were I was so caretakers and maybe him feeling guilty and not being emotionally mature made him always want to fight with them instead of expressing himself and asking them to teach him right it's a shame that we always have to teach people these things especially from your own mother you should be picking up habits but that's not here nor there so his mom took the place of his parenting my grandma this doesn't make me extremely sad or angry because i learned to accept that man for who he is and it doesn't make me extremely angry or sad to this day it just makes me think about it um and it's unfortunate that i know for a fact that he regrets it now because he said he said those words so what he does is he'll apologize and then take it back or apologize and have an excuse for his his behavior and what he doesn't know is that it doesn't work like that so you know, your words are not very, very meaningful. What it makes me do is just realize the type of person you are and just feel kind of uh, a lot of pity for him. And I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I do feel guilty uh, with the lack of communication and things like that. 
I feel like he always feels like his children are hurting him, but it's just lack of communication because we don't know if we can trust you with our our hearts, you know? So it's no ill will against you. It's like, we don't want to continually be crushed by your responses because you're so self-centered and self-absorbed. You think that your children are actually out to get you, which is very uh, weird and immature behavior for a father that has four children, you know? So anyway, (laughs) number three is what events in, in your life has hurt you the most? What reminds you of the painful times? What parts of you remain there? And are you still living in the past? Okay, so my answer is being in a homeless shelter with my mom and siblings during childhood and my mom telling us that she wanted to take her life at one point. So that really sticks out to me. And I, as I've grown older and realized how how difficult uh, being a, a, a single parent is and being a mom with the sole responsibility of five children, that I feel like that's also the reason why I decided to not have children. Because I'm like, if I'm not able to have lots of money also to like do it myself, then I'm not going to do it. Um, I've had times in my life where I've had lots of money, but I, I feel like not enough to take care of a child on my own. And also I don't want to take care of a child on my own on my own so yeah she told us that she told me that at one point I'm not sure if my siblings remember I don't remember if I'm the only one that heard her say that and she told me the way that she wanted to do it and I'm just grateful that she did not Uh, I would have hated to lose her in that way but I know she was in pain and suffering all alone raising her three youngest children alone But not only that, she raised five of us alone. My older siblings were off. Uh, My my older sister was off with my aunt, my mom's sister, and my older brother was out living his life. He was old enough to, I guess, get roommates, whatever, even though he would come back and forth and just be very, very ungrateful and disrespectful to my mom. And it's just like, if you have a problem with her, you can discuss it like a man or you can just stay away. Don't keep coming back to use her generosity to stay at her home because you don't have a lot of money or you have no place to live and then be out and be disrespectful and don't speak to her again. Just stay away. You know, uh, your, your mom has feelings too. So even when I'm mad at my mom and things like that, I still try to be in as much communication with her as I can. Or I wait until like I, I cool down from being angry with her, or or having resentful feelings. But she will never be disqualified from my life. I will never not talk to her for a freaking whole year. That's insanity to me. But every child has their own personal relationship with their parent or parents, right? So I I, I just let all that stuff go. I can't determine how a child treats their parent. I I can't. I don't have anything to do with that, so I let that go. And I would say that answering the other question, 
she reminds me of it. My mom reminds me of that time because she's, I feel like she's still not stable, even though she's capable of it. When it comes to that, I, I don't, wait, sorry, I'm, I'm reading from the writing that I've done on this topic, on this shadow work. Yeah, I was saying when it comes to her not being stable, I try not to be a part of it too much because I know that she's capable of doing it. She's done it many times before. It's really just her mindset. And on top of that, she doesn't listen to anything her children has to say. So I'm like, when she's ready to move, when she's ready to take action, then she will. Like she comes to us and she vents and things like that. She even, you know, talks to me about my other siblings, either a good, bad, whatever. It's always a lot of complaining, but when she is ready to take action and change her life, then she will. Because whenever we give helpful instructions, she doesn't listen. So I feel like a lot of people have that experience with aging parents because, you know, I'm in my 30s. So when your parents are getting older and more stubborn, it's pretty difficult. Just like how they said, there's no handbook on (laughs) raising a child. There's no handbook on dealing with aging parents either. There probably is a book though, and I am going to find it (laughs) because I already feel like I know the emotional type that my mom is because I have, I am subscribed to a lot of therapy based channels on YouTube and they describe the different types of parents that people may have and it helps you to determine what traits you may have and how to heal from it so there's always a book out there so i will definitely seek that book because it is a tough job it's a tough job the next question question four is what is the biggest regret you have to this day why do you regret it do you think you could ever forgive yourself And my answer is, I'm not sure of regrets. I feel like everything I've been through made me this awesome person I am today. And I'm still able to smile and care for others and show empathy and accept a lot of my imperfections. So I thought really deeply about this question. I'm like, regret, regret, regret. I feel like I've had fuck ups and things like that. And it's a learning lesson. Like you can't be on this earth without fucking up so regrets maybe I'll have regrets in the future but for right now as a 36 year old woman I don't have any regrets I feel like if I did it would have came to me really easily I could have answered this question and been thorough and told you what I regretted doing but everything so far has been a big learning experience and indefinitely determined who I am today and I like who I am today of course I have improvements that I want to make lots of improvements like anybody else like we all do hopefully right we all want to make improvements I, I know maybe some people don't but I do and yeah I'm learning to accept all of my imperfections and if I don't like it, do something about it. So the last question 
for Shadow Work 101 Part 2 is... Do you hold yourself accountable for the pain and hurt you've endured in your life? Why or why not? And I definitely do. A lot of the hurt and pain that I endured came from my mindset. Sometimes I didn't think before I leaped. Sometimes I stayed too long in a situation that was not great for my well-being. Sometimes I gave up too easily on things that I really wanted to do and felt hopeless. Sometimes it's just good old negativity and a good talk, a good movie, a show, laughter, dancing, good music can turn it all around for me. And then the pain disappears. So, but this is a cycle that I, I have to keep repeating because, you know, this is life. So I have to remember the things that make me feel good when I'm feeling in despair or feeling depressed or feeling down. Like I said, it may return, but I feel that I have healthy coping mechanisms. And I feel like I adopted these coping mechanisms from childhood because of, you know, the instability that I had and just seeing uh, abusive things going on and just learning how to be in my, in my bubble, especially when I felt alone. So, but one thing I've noticed that is with the internet, I, I don't always run to those coping mechanisms. And I, I, will, I realize that it will put me deeper into a, a depressive episode because I'm not doing the things that I know will make me feel better. Instead, I'm scrolling or I'm looking at videos and things like that. I'm not going straight to my coping mechanisms, which is listening to music without doing anything else. Listening to music while laying down, listening to music while singing along, just laying down. That's very, very healing to me. Singing along is the most that I'll be doing. Walking in the park, reading a book, writing in my journal, just writing in my notes on my phone, you know, things like that, doing a dance, exercising. I'm not always, well, exercise is, I'm very disciplined with exercise now, so I'm, I'm going to take that out, but just really... Also, sitting in silence, that's a big one. I remember I watched this YouTube video and they were like, that's something that we are forgetting to do. Like, we're in constant need of distraction, hearing music, hearing voices, talking. And I'm very much like that, especially when I'm a little stressed out or anxiety-ridden. I always need to hear something, even if I'm barely listening to it. And then while I'm doing that, I'm like on my phone scrolling or something, scrolling and looking at stupid shit that does not matter. So I feel like the internet can be good and it can also be ugly because it's not getting you to go back to doing the things that you know make you feel good if you've learned how to do that. Because I do realize that there's plenty of people who have not learned how to self-soothe or cope with things. They may have had tragic 
very tragic things happen or very high levels of trauma in their lives. But I do believe that there are ways for them to cope. And I believe a professional can definitely help with that. So I hope everyone finds ways to cope, healthy ways, things that actually make them really feel good. And I hope that they remember it instead of being distracted by all the things that do not matter. Also, another thing about the world <laughs> is that, do you guys know that we're not supposed to know about every single bad thing that's going on? So when we are what they call doom scrolling, even though sometimes, the funny thing is that when I'm online, I'm actually not doom scrolling. My doom scrolling, my algorithm is filled with a lot of positivity. Some of it is nonsense, like mukbangs, like watching people eat. But like I said, I don't know if I told you guys before, I started looking at mukbangs because I wanted somebody to eat with. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a, a lonely girl thing. So I, I watch people eat and while, while I'm eating. And we're like eating in silence, you know, which is actually healthy because you get to concentrate on the food. But either way, yeah, we're not supposed to know about every bad thing that's happening at once. It's if you're empathetic or a highly sensitive person, you will just start feeling like life is not worthwhile and fall deeper into, you know, these holes of depression. And it's not necessary to get that, that sad because you can't do anything about it. You can, you can do something, but you can't do something about everything. Uh, it's not natural. So that is the end of episode 67, Shadow Work 101 Part 2. And I hope to come to you guys next time with a more uplifting, enlightening. Well, this is enlightening, but a more uplifting episode, a more fun episode. The next time I see you on Adina Chats. Peace out.